All right, HC, I'll make you a deal. If the adults start to pay attention, then we can uh, talk about the kids. How about that? They will. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm Michael Flake, one of the pastors here. Whether you're cautious about Jesus, curious about Jesus, or committed to Jesus, there's room for you here. This is a safe place for you to learn, to grow, and to change. So long as you don't have it all together, you'll fit right in. The round reminds us we're all active participants as we stay on this journey together. We're all here to receive something this morning. We also all have something to give as we soak in the grace and truth of God's love. We can also spread God's love by serving others. If you've been around Lake Forest for any period of time, you may have heard us use these words. The words are discover, belong, share, and go. We think that spiritual growth happens best through those four words, discover, belong, share, go. Discover more about who God is through the scriptures. Belong in a small group as the primary place that you would grow over time. Share your time, your talents to serve other people. And then go on God's mission outside of these walls. As you might be able to deduce about today, today we're going to focus in on that last word, the word being Go, go and join God's mission outside of these walls. My major point this morning is this. Part of how we grow spiritually is going on the Missio Dei. Missio Dei means mission of God. So we have all these opportunities through the church, discovery courses, community groups, share teams. Those start to line up with discover, belong, and share but then there's this last one, go. Part of how we grow spiritually is going on the Missio Dei, the mission of God. Now, we use the Latin to remind us that the mission, God's mission, predates all of us. God's mission was going just fine before you or I showed up, and yet we can still join in the work that God is doing. And these stories you hear are just sort of a sampling of some of the ways that our congregation does that. I know others in our congregation who are very involved with those who are homeless, with those who live on the streets, others who are very involved with hospice, caring for people in hospice, others who uh, care for those who are imprisoned. I, over the last month, had both a recent graduate and a grandfather come up and tell me about ways they're involved in helping people who are imprisoned. I've enjoyed watching how so many of you have sort of stepped out in our partnership with other churches in Davidson, including the historically African-American churches, Gethsemane Baptist, Davidson Presbyterian. For others, I know you've been on trips like what Dr. Budd and H.C. were talking about, and those have been transformative for you. Again, as for a week, you sort of took yourself out of the world that you knew and said, what is God doing in the broader world? And sometimes that helps you see afresh what God is doing in your own backyard. For others of you, I know that you, you have either come or one day soon hopefully will come to the realization that your workplace, the place where you work, is one of the primary places that you can be on God's mission, that God's put you there for a purpose. And not just to work uh, from when you clock in to when you clock out, or not just to, to take home a paycheck, but there could be a greater purpose in why God has put you there. 
Part of what drew some of us to God, perhaps what drew many of us to God, is that He invites us to live lives that are bigger than ourselves. He invites us to live lives that make a difference, a life that has a purpose beyond what you can achieve and accumulate, how high up a ladder you can climb, a purpose beyond those things. Now, generally speaking, our culture loves to volunteer. We love to do community service. I have lost track of how many community service forms I have signed over the years. And so we kind of have an expectation of people that they will serve the good of their community. And so when we hear this go on God's mission thing, a lot of us file it away under, okay, do community service. And there are some similarities between the two, but there are also some differences. So what I want to do today is I want to trace out, have a more robust understanding of what it means to go on God's mission, to be part of God's mission outside of these walls. And I want to do that by looking at four famous go statements in the Bible. There's a lot of famous statements in the Bible that start with go. I want to look at four of them. Two of them come from the Old Testament and two of them come from the New Testament, actually from Jesus, fully God and fully human. What does God asking us to do when he says, go, go? Let's look at this together, and I will try to do this fast enough that we can beat the Methodist to Denny's. Because when we don't beat the Methodist to Denny's, I hear about it. I hear about it. The first one, this is part of what Amy read for us earlier. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So this is a brief outline of the Bible. The first 11 chapters, Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 11, kind of sets the stage. It sets the scene. It describes creation. And it also describes the fatal flaws and the self-inflicted wounds that creation, again, has inflicted upon itself. And then at chapter 12, the Bible makes a turn. Genesis chapter 12, the 12th chapter of the Bible, the Bible makes a turn, and the turn is that God's redemptive plan for His creation is set in motion. And the way this redemptive plan is set in motion is that God speaks to this fellow named Abram, who would go on to be called Abraham. And He tells Abraham, Abram at the time, go. Go. So God's mission, God's redemptive plan started from the word go. And what does he tell Abram to do? He tells him to leave his country and go where? What does it say? To the land I will show you. Now, that's not very specific. How far is it? Don't know. Will there be clean bathrooms at all the truck stops along the way? Don't know. Will there be a Denny's when we get there? Don't know. A lot of unanswered questions here, kind of just a vague command. Go, leave the country that you know, and go to this place I'm going to show you. So what does Abraham do? He goed. He went. He said, I'm going to do it. And that little step of faith, of taking that first step, to this unknown place God was taking him, that little step, that first step, started, set in motion God's redemptive plan. 
that came and culminated in Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection. So essentially, here's what God did. God said, Abram, here's the world that you know. Leave it behind. Leave it behind and, and take the risk of going into unknown, uncomfortable territory where you will have to trust me. In other words, go. We see something similar in Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, for those of you, this is your first time ever here, you're going to get a pass on this one. But for the rest of us, uh, we just finished five weeks of studying the book of the Bible called Jonah. So if you had to summarize the book of the Bible called Jonah in, I don't know, three words, what three words would you pick? Go to Nineveh. Very good. Not get out of the water when you hear the music. Go to Nineveh. Not yay leafy plants. Go to Nineveh. In fact, God loves Nineveh might be another three words you could pick. God did love Nineveh. But Jonah did not love Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, the people who had brutally conquered Jonah's people. Jonah grew up in all likelihood always hearing about Nineveh. It was not a place that he or anyone he knew ever wanted to go. And yet here's God saying, go to Nineveh. That's not a place Jonah wanted to go, much less a place he wanted to experience God's love, not a place he wanted to share God's message, any of that. And yet God said, go to Nineveh. That's the same idea as Abram. God said, here's the world that you know. Here's the world that you are comfortable with. I need you to leave it behind. Leave it behind and take the risk of walking with me into unknown, uncomfortable territory where you will have to trust me. In other words, go. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus has this discussion with a religious scholar in Luke chapter 10, it says this, which of these three, this is Jesus speaking, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So I'll give you a little bit of the backstory so this makes some sense. If you know a fair amount about the Bible, you may already know the backstory. If you don't know much about the Bible, that's fine. Here's the backstory. Jesus has just told what's often called his parable of the Good Samaritan. You ever heard of a Good Samaritan? Jesus has the copyright on that. He made up the story about it. And this is what the story was. Jesus' people, the, Jesus people, the Jewish people, and the Samaritans did not get along. So in the story, Jesus says, imagine a Jewish guy got ambushed by robbers and left for dead on the side of the road. And then a Jewish religious leader walked by him and did not help. And then another, another religious leader walked by and did not help. And then a Samaritan walked by, took him to the hospital, and agreed to pay for his medical bills. So Jesus asked, which of the three men was a good neighbor to the injured man? And the religious scholar says, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus replies, 
go and do likewise. Now, it would take years of highly specialized theological training to make that complicated. Jesus says to a well-studied religious leader, your credentials don't make you a good neighbor. Your willingness to show mercy does. In other words, reach out. Reach out even across the ethnic divisions of your time, which for them was Jew and Samaritan. Reach out across the divisions of your time and show mercy to people who need it. Now, does that sound similar? Yes, to what God said Jonah. To Jonah, reach out across the divisions of your time and show mercy to those who need it, which sound really similar to what God told Abram. Go to this place I'm going to show you that you don't even know where it is. This is the pattern that's beginning to develop, and I hope you're beginning to see all of the meaning that God has packed into this little word, go. Here's the world that you know, well-studied religious leader. I need you to leave it behind, and I need you to walk with me into the unknown and uncomfortable place where you will have to trust me. In other words, go. Last one. Jesus' final words, some of his final words to his first followers, his first disciples, Jesus said this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. These are Jesus' marching orders to those of us who follow Him, to those of us who have committed our lives into His hands, so that if you follow Jesus, these are His marching orders to you. If you ever decide to follow Jesus, these will be His marching orders to you. God's redemptive plan started at the word go. Jesus is the culmination of that plan through His life, His death, and His resurrection from the dead. And then Jesus' marching orders to his followers from here on out could be summed up in one word. That word is go. Go and make disciples. Go and make more and better disciples of Jesus, more and better followers of Jesus. And our lives line up with God's ultimate purpose in the world as you and I find our part in this more and better mission. As we become followers of Jesus, or as we become better followers of Jesus, and as we find gentle and respectful ways to encourage others to consider Jesus, to consider becoming a follower of Jesus, to consider becoming a better follower of Jesus. And Jesus' words in Matthew 28 assure us that God's mission extends to all groups of people. Because Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. And the, the original word there is the word ethnos, from which we get the term, the English term, ethnicity. So Jesus is saying that God's work in the world is not limited to you, it's not limited to me, it's not limited to people who look like you or think like you or act like you or have as much discretionary income as you do. God's work in the world is not limited to your life or my life or this little circle of the world that we know and love and are comfortable with. God is at work among all groups of people, all kinds of people, and we can join in that work. There's just one thing we have to do. 
leave behind the world that we know and are comfortable with in order to walk with God into what can be unknown, scary, uncomfortable territory in which we'll have to trust Jesus. And the biblical word for that is go. 2 Corinthians 5 summarizes it this way, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Now, I don't know if you're an English major or not, but do you get the sense there's a certain word being emphasized in that passage? That what word does the passage attribute to God's work in the world? Reconciliation. That's God's mission in the world. It's reconciliation. That God, full of reconciling love, is drawing people to Himself. And notice the passage doesn't say God is reconciling our little part of the world to Himself. It says that God is reconciling the world to Himself. That God's mission, God's purpose is huge in scope. It is more than you or I or our church or any church could ever hope to understand or be in charge of, and yet we can all find our place in God's mission. We can all join into God's mission, and this is the primary way in which God's mission is different than community service. With God's mission, you are not just pitching in. You're not just helping out. You are actually living out your new identity. So with God's mission, you and I are not just helping out. What we're doing at our core is we are living out a new identity. As seen in 2 Corinthians 5, Jesus gives his followers a new identity as ministers and messengers of God's reconciling love. If you are a follower of Jesus, Jesus has given you a new identity. If you ever become a follower of Jesus, Jesus will give you a new identity. In his death and in his resurrection, he did not simply bring forgiveness for his followers. He gives us a purpose, a new and beautiful purpose that aligns with God's purpose, God's mission in the world. Don't know where the light went. And the purpose of what God does is that we can be part of how God's reconciling love spreads. That was for effect. <laughs> so that if you become a follower of Jesus or if you are a follower of Jesus, God gives you a purpose, and that purpose is to join in being how His reconciling love spreads. Let His reconciling love spread deeper into your life, spread into all areas of your life, and then let it spread out into your relationships and into your community and then into other communities, even if that means you have to cross a division to show mercy to somebody who needs it. If you are a Christian or if you ever become a Christian, God has made you a minister. You're a minister. 
And God has entrusted you with a message. And you don't get to attack people with this message because the message is primarily about God's reconciling love. That we need God's reconciliation and God's love in our lives. And we need it to permeate this world. And so we start with us. But then we remember to make sure it goes from there. So my wrap-up question to you is this. How are these words challenging you today? How are these words challenging you today? Here's the world that you know and are comfortable with. Leave it behind. And enter into uncomfortable territory where you will have to trust Jesus. In other words, go. Allah, what God said to Abram, Allah, what God said to Jonah, Allah, what Jesus said to that religious scholar, and then what Jesus said to his first disciples. Maybe for you it's a personal thing, it's something in your personal life, maybe it's a broken relationship or a bias or a a prejudice or a fear that you've carried around for years, maybe it's a need that you see to reach out across a divide and show mercy. Maybe for you it's to look again at the work that you do in your workplace and to realize that God has you there on purpose. For however long you're there, God has a purpose for you being there. And at least part of it is that you be a minister. For some of us it may really be just the real risk in our lives is taking the step, stepping over the line of faith and committing to Jesus. It's been something we've been thinking about for a while, but it's scary because we don't really know how it's all going to play out. We kind of feel like Abram there at chapter 12, where God says, I need you to go to this place I'm going to show you. And not having a clue more than that, he took the first step. You could take that first step too over the line of faith. I don't know all of where God will take you. I don't know if there will be clean bathrooms along the way. I don't know. I don't know what he'll do. But amazing things happen when Abram was willing to take the first step. Amazing things can happen for you too when you're willing to take the first step. Let's pray together. Let me give you a chance to pray, a chance to talk with God about whatever it is he's stirring in your heart or in your mind. Just talk to God. Lord, you told Abram to go, you told Jonah to go, you told that religious scholar to go, 
You told your disciples now and past and future to go. And what it looks like for each person and in each generation can be different. But the command is still the same. So, Lord, for some of us, it may mean being part of one of these trips this summer and seeing the work that you are doing in other of the wonderful countries of this world. For us, it may be looking again at our community or at our greater community and being willing to reach out across a division with courage that you would give us. Or Lord, to work, walk back into our workplace and to realize this is a place where we can be a minister of God's love. Lord, for some of us, we may just need to step over the line of faith to begin following Jesus, even if we don't know all of where it's going to lead, but to take the first step like Abram did, afraid and yet trusting this is what we need to do. We make our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand, let's worship together with our voices, our offerings, and our prayer requests.